This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 81. excited today because I have a guest on the podcast and you all know I love guests. This guest name is Sean Wilkie and he is going to help me today talk to you a little bit about emerging technologies in veterinary medicine and all the things. He is the CEO of a company called Talkatu and also um, he is one of the hosts of the Veterinary Innovation Podcast. So I'm really excited to be talking to him today on the podcast. Welcome, Sean. Hey, Julie. It's so nice to be here. I know we've been trying to coordinate this for a little while, so I'm super excited to have this conversation with you today. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. So why don't you just tell me a little bit about yourself to get started? I know I, I said a very brief introduction, so I'd like to hear all the details of that. Yeah, what yeah. You're doing. It sounds like you're a busy individual. Yeah, yeah. Busy, but not as busy as I have been in the past. So it's it's really interesting, Julie. I've been an entrepreneur and a, and a tech kind of startup founder for the last 20 years, basically, since I started my career. I was deep into technology right from the very beginning. And actually, my first real business was uh, a small chain of computer stores in Atlanta, Canada, selling computers and setting people up with technology and um, that was really how I kind of found myself uh, down this path. You know, I, I saw an opportunity as a university student, created a company with a couple of friends and, you know, ran and operated that company for close to 20 years uh, up until last December. I sold it. It was called Robotnik. And yeah, we did uh, technology solutions for businesses. And along the path, you know, I've started a company with Google. I've started a couple of other software companies and really found the vet space about three and a half years ago. Um, and once I found the veterinary medicine space and kind of the people and the personalities in it, I, I really fell in love with the space. And so this is my second technology startup in the vet space. And it's really exciting because there's so much areas where I think technology can drive this profession forward. And it's interesting because, you know, after my first exit in the vet space, I was talking to a good friend of mine, Ivan Zach, and he had just sold his company to IDEX and was running their technology division. Um, and we were out just kind of shooting the shit. And I said, Ivan, what are we going to do? Um, you know, you're, you're <laughs> up to uh, not being working anymore and I'm not working. And, you know, you we got to do something, right? You can't sit around. Do- yeah, it's no fun. You know, anybody that's had the opportunity to do what I call a mini retirement, I've got a, got a couple of them in now, um, you know, where you take a couple months off from life and just kind of, uh, you know, kind of reset. Um, anybody that's had an opportunity to do that, if they have a brain like mine, they'd probably find that they wouldn't last any more than three or four months and then be looking to kind of go back and do something again. So I found myself that in that position. And I said to Ivan, I said, hey, man, why don't we start a podcast? And, uh, you know, I don't think he even really knew what podcasts were. And then I told him and then, you know, we've we've been a year into the Veterinary Innovation Podcast. I think we've recorded 60 episodes with with tech founders from all around the world and also just really in really cool innovators that are not necessarily doing anything in tech or software, but they're doing stuff for the profession that's super interesting. So. 
I'm sure you can relate to this, Julie, but like doing a podcast has just been a boatload of fun because I'm- Isn't it amazing? I know. I love it. I just meet the brightest people from all around the world and we get to talk about things that are so interesting. So yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a trip for us. You know, we, we started it and really didn't know what we were going to do with the podcast. And now we find ourselves like a year and 60 some episodes recorded. We've got show schedule out until November. And it's been amazing for me because when I came into the veterinary industry, I didn't see that much technology and that much innovation happening and in the three years since I started in this industry, it's unbelievable how much technology and how many cool companies there are doing really amazing things in this space. And the reason that you came upon all those companies is just because you started to focus on that particular thing is the technology in veterinary medicine, you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's kind of like when you get a new car, you know, you, you get right. a- and then all of a sudden you see all of these other cars that are the exact same. I think we've created our own little echo chamber with our podcast, you know, be very, being very specifically focused on innovation in the space. But it's it's such an interesting area when you when you start to realize how many things, how many people and how many companies are creating technology or software to solve problems that are quite difficult and and really have not seen change in 20, 30, 40, 50 years. So it's yes, cool. yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. That's really interesting. Yeah, one so of tell the, me tell me more about that. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it's I've wrote down a couple of of our episodes that I think your listeners would find interesting and you know, I think probably one of the most interesting things that I've seen in the last year is what the people are doing over at Signal Pet. Um, You know, so I don't have any affiliation with any of these companies other than I just find what they're doing really cool after they've come on our show. And so what the team at Signal Pet is doing is they're using artificial intelligence to help interpret and speed up radiograph um, reports. And it's so incredible because, you know, when we think of like, or when I think of artificial intelligence, I mean, it's it's one of these things that people really don't ever get a chance to unpack. You know, they don't really understand what people are saying when they talk about AI. Oftentimes we think of like the Terminator movies and this technology <laughs> that are going to get us. But it's taking over the world. That's right. But when you really unpack it, you know, the technology that we've built, you know, whether it's a robot back vacuum for your house so you don't have to slave in your house and do all the vacuuming or if it's this piece of technology like what the developers at SignalPet have put together it's all about convenience right it's all about lightening the load for the rest of us and if we can find areas of technology that can lessen the burden of day-to-day and the stress that's involved in the veterinary medicine profession I think it's it's one way that we can help kind of lessen the burnout and compassion fatigue is we can lean into technology and let us do, let it do some of the heavy lifting for us. Sure. And, and in this AI for interpreting radiographs, when you learned about it, is it, it, I'm assuming that it's going to help us become more accurate when we read our radiographs. And so possibly less missing of diagnoses and also helping us to move along faster so we don't have to spend 
spend so much time looking at them and um, maybe taking some of that stress off in the interpretation department. Is that what it's all about? It is, but you also think about it from a different area, you know, so it's this big system. You send your radiographs in, your digital radiographs. The AI will give you, you know, some insight, but then there's also the ability to have a second and third opinion from a, you know, Uh, renowned radiologist. So it's it's covering off, you know, it's covering off that situation where, you know, maybe you're the only physician in the hospital, it's a weekend, you're working emergency, and you just really like another set of eyes on it. You know, you're you're almost sure, but you're not quite sure. And so right. I think we can take technology when we find ourselves seeing these precarious situations where, you know, maybe we don't want the pet to leave the hospital for the weekend, but we're not quite sure maybe it could. And so you can lean into technology, let it give you that second opinion, um, and then, you know, have some comfort with your decision. So instead of having to carry it with you, because maybe it wasn't the right decision, it allows you to kind of lean in, get that support that you need, because it's an area where artificial intelligence, when we put the machines on problems like that, they see them very black and white, you know, so it's very, very helpful. And the more data we can provide a system like that, the more assistance it can provide. And then I think, you know, pairing technology up with humans is really when we get the best of both worlds. So there's also the ability to consult with one of their radiologists. So I, I just think technology like that um, given those unique and stressful situations that veterinarians find themselves in, um, just could give them that much more comfort with their decisions, which I, I think helps the whole ecosystem of veterinary medicine, you know, advance. Absolutely. It takes away some of that mental stress that we have when we're making these decisions on our own. Yeah, that's so right. Yeah. That it sounds really interesting. That's right. And and I think that that's, you know, if technology is working for us properly, that's exactly what it should do. You know, I, I think oftentimes, you know, we we get caught up in in technology that doesn't work. And that that's pretty typical in veterinary medicine and every other profession. A lot of the technology that we sorry, I'll just back up there. A lot of the technology that veterinarians use in veterinary medicine is is quite dated and quite, you know, long in the tooth. And so, you know, there's this misnomer that technology is burdensome as opposed to helpful. And I think that, you know, if we if we all went back to driving cars from the 1970s and having to repair them the way that cars were repaired in the 1970s, it would be problematic, you know, for most of us that are used to their fairly modern cars that just kind of work. You know, there's no there's no messing around. There's no, you know, kind of shoring up all of the things all the time. The technologies become a lot more reliable. And so in veterinary medicine, there's a lot of old technology. And I would equate that with an old car versus a new car. You know, if you have an older car and it's modern times, the burden on that technology is far heavier than it would have been in that time. And so things you know, when technology matures and when you're using new technology or say, for example, the difference between a cloud PIMS, you know, something that's hosted on the internet uh, versus something that's hosted in a veterinary clinic in the closet on a server right. that would be five or six years old. You know, the, the difference between those technologies is once again, it's the same as the old car versus the new car. You know, the, the old car will work 
albeit sometimes a little bit slower and maybe you need to change the oil more and maybe it needs more maintenance and maybe you need to do all of these other things that you don't need to do if you adopt cloud technology. And I think that that's a really, it's a really interesting thing, you know, for your listeners, you know, if you're out there running on, you know, a piece of software that's, you know, five or 10 or 20 years old and it's running on a server in the closet, you're probably comfortable with it. You probably know exactly how it works. <laughs> yeah, a lot of I think a lot of veterinarians are not big change agents. No, that's right. And you know, and, and the problem with with staying on older technology is your your learning freezes. So if you imagine, you know, you you bought a piece of software that's 10 years old to run your business. And you're aware of how it works. You're aware of when it doesn't work. You're usually aware of why it breaks. But the problem with technology that's 10 years old and the problem with the technology that we used to use to run our businesses is that it never matured. And software nowadays, when it lives on the Internet, think of Facebook, think of Twitter, think of any other website that you use that has multiple features or functions. That's the same as our veterinary medical system software. It's the same as our business. It's still software. But the interesting thing about these web-based applications is they grow and mature. They're like buying a, a, a flower or like buying a tree. And instead of the tree just always looking the way it always looked, it grows up, it changes, it matures. And so that's the beauty of these cloud-based systems. They're little tiny incremental changes moving towards progress. As so things opposed- get better. They, they right. continuously improve and get better and 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 move on, basically. Yeah, is what, yeah. And it's really interesting. So, like, what we're doing um, at Talkatu is really interesting, Julie. And the reason I'll tie it into this is because we've just established a customer advisory board made up of all veterinarians. And so okay. we... We pay these veterinarians for their time. And once a quarter, we release a bunch of new features to them. We show them how the feature works. And then we let them use it for a couple of days, uh, pay them for their time. And they come back to us and they'll say, you know what? I don't really like it. Or you know what? If the button was over here. And so what we're doing with our software is the same as what most of the cloud PIMs do, which is they take their customer feedback and they continuously improve in the product. And that method of continual improvement when it comes to software is really how, as a veterinarian that owns a practice, that's really how you stay competitive. Because you're getting new features, new tools, and you're not having to go and take a three-week course every time something changes because it's small incremental changes. And so you're, you're developing your use and your understanding of these softwares as the small incremental changes come out and continually learning how to do things in a more efficient way because the software continues to mature. And I think that that is such a fundamental difference from buying software that was created a couple of years ago, tested, you know, for a couple of years, and then put on a CD and sold in the mail. That's just not how software works anymore. And if you're not using software that's continually evolving for the continually evolving and changing world of veterinary medicine, you're going to be behind your colleagues. You're going to be behind yeah. your businesses and be behind your competition. 
So you've been working with the veterinarians with at Taka2 and with veterinarians in general in this technology space for a little while now. So what do you find with veterinarians is kind of the overall um, impression? Are we the kind of people that are willing and wanting to change or are we the kind of people that you have to kind of club over the head and drag along into change? Like what are you finding with veterinarians? What is your experience with us? That's a great question. And and the answer is, is really complex because I think there's like three distinct groups in every kind of segment. When you look at technology users, you have the early adopters, which I get to talk to a lot of them because what we're doing with machine learning and AI and turning speech into text, those people are like, they're sitting out there. They're the people on the brand new iPhone that want to not have to type anything and are always looking for the latest, greatest thing. There's a I big, call those the yeah. toy people, the That's people right. that like yeah. toys. There's a lot, and there's a lot of them. Uh, yep, absolutely. Then you have the bulk of the group, which is they just want things to work. Um, and then you have the other group that just would rather if all the computers and cell phones and technology was taken out of the hospital and they never had to use any of them. Right. And you, do you think that's an even split in veterinary medicine or do you think there's more of us that are skewed more towards the non-changers? Like what has your, been your experience? I think the biggest group is the middle group, which is, you know, okay. they, they just use- want things to work, but they don't want to know how it works. <laughs> exactly correct. Exactly correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, one of the things that I've learned in technology and, you know, being around it for my entire career, you know, I I kind of almost eat, sleep and breathe technology. And I do like it most of the time. Um, But one of the things that I found is that you really need if you're if you're going to drive some technology change. And I'm sure you've got listeners that are that are going to totally get what I'm about to say. If you're going to drive technology change, say you're on you're on one of the old PIMs and you really want to modernize because of COVID. You've seen everything that's happened. You felt the pressure to be able to work from home. You didn't have the ability to do that because you don't have remote access or it was too complicated or it was going to be a bunch more money. So you've you've felt this pain of, you know, having this need to be remote, but not the ability to do it quite well. And so what I find when you're trying to change technology, so this is or try to change the users of technology. So this is for all the early adopters out there that are in practice that really would like to see their practice move forward and adopt some new technology. The thing that you need to do and be aware of is that the only way people are going to change or adopt new technology willingly, as opposed to begrudgingly or kicking and screaming, (laughs) (laughs) is if they know and understand what's in it for them as a user. If they know that they're going to get this value out of using the software, they will be open to trying it. So, for example, you know, if you're if you're talking about maybe deploying a cloud based PIM system, the argument may be, you know how you're stuck here until nine o'clock every night doing your medical records with a simple username and password. You'll be able to log on to the practice management system at home and do everything that you could do at the office in your bed or wherever you Sitting need on the couch That's right or on the beach you know maybe you have yeah. medical records that you want to get finished and you're going to like that beach idea but right? i think you should market that that sounds well, great and it's, it's so interesting right because it's for me it's not i you know i don't have a, a practice management system but don't sell them but right. I think it's really important for people to understand 
why they would adopt new technology. And I think the driver always needs to be what's in it for the individual user. How is it going to make their life a little bit easier? And if you can paint that picture, almost anybody will adopt and be open to adopting new technology. The worst thing that people can do if they're looking to roll out new technology is show up on a Monday morning and surprise everybody and telling them the thing that they know and learn for years is about to go away. Uh, that is the absolute worst thing that you can do. And people will fight it. They'll you know, be doing whatever you tell them to do begrudgingly. But if you can take your team along for that journey and kind of show them what's in it for them, get that buy-in, adopting these new technologies is, is not that difficult. But you have to start as a leadership team or as the leader of the organization, and you need to paint the picture for the users as to what's in it for them. Right. So that would be your advice if if someone is running a practice and they do want to bring in new technologies and they have a team of people that are kind of in that third group of the never changers, I guess I would call them, um, you know, th- that is the advice that you would give them to try to get some buy-in. Show them what what's going to change on the on the other end of the learning curve. Yeah, and and it's it's that simple little piece of advice, which is what is in it for that user, and you know find their pain points and then demonstrate that to them, and then they'll instead of fighting you, they'll be your biggest advocate, and they'll be the the things that make the adoption of the new software go a lot smoother because there'll be there'll be some built in patient or human capital that you've generated from having those conversations with them early on. Right. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit more about the t- the whole Takatu um, system? Yeah. That, that's something that you originated or you yeah, got it, into early on or how did this all come about? Yeah. So it uh, it's my uh, my brainchild. Um, so what Takatu is. That's so cool. Yeah, it's, it's really simple, Julie. So basically what we do is we take people's voices and turn them into text. And we do that across all operating systems, so both Windows and Mac. Um, so you can use either a PC or a Mac. And you can type in any field that you'd like to, that you would have normally been able to type with your keyboard. So if you can type into an email or a practice management system with Talkatu, it's a very simple little piece of software with two buttons. You hit Start Dictation. Put the cursor where you want the text to go and just start talking and everything's going to appear in real time. It's it's pretty amazing. And we we're able to save our users, you know, at least a couple of hours a day um, where they would normally be up late or in the office late doing medical records. They can now get through their records in like, I think, half half the time. Um, wow. It's pretty amazing. So we've we've done a couple of case studies on it recently, and most people say that we're cutting their medical record documentation time in half. Wow. So are they, tell me the actual, like, because I'm not very tech savvy a lot of times, tell me the actual steps. Is it something that they talk into their, their work computer, into their practice management software system, or they talk into their cell phone, or how does that vo- spoken voice get put yeah. into the medical record. Any you know, computer it, has a, explain it to somebody that's really dumb okay, because I need it on like the ba- most basic of levels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. So our software is is super simple. Literally, it has two buttons, start and stop dictation. And so it's a little tiny piece of software that runs on top of your computer. So basically what it does is give you a voice activated keyboard. 
anywhere as you could have typed with your cans and the keyboard, you can put the cursor, click on start dictation in Takatu, and then you can just speak. So you could be in the subjective area of your medical record. You could be in an email. You could be writing a referral letter. Literally anywhere as you can type with your hand, you can hit the start dictation button. And as long as your computer has a microphone, whether it's a laptop or an all-in-one computer with a built-in mic or a small handheld mic, uh, or a headset. Any, as long as you have a microphone, all you need to do is speak, and the text is literally going to appear as quick as you speak, and it will appear anywhere where you would like that text to go. So we really speed up the interaction with technology by taking this thing called typing that a lot of veterinarians have never learned how to do, um, and then also <laughs> a lot of veterinarians that, that Maybe they do surgery all day, and the last thing they want to do after a day of surgery is bang on the keyboard for a couple of hours to document the medical procedures that they did. They can walk right. over to the computer, pick up a microphone, uh, say a paragraph of text super-duper fast, and then walk away from the computer and have the medical records being done. Well, that sounds like it would be really easy to sell. It's it's really <laughs> to like someone me. like me that writes a lot of medical records. So it sounds like a, an amazing thing. Well, it's so funny because we've only been selling the software for four months, and I would say the really? number one way that we're getting new clients, and we get you know five to ten a week now. Um, the number one way that we're getting new clients is word of mouth. So it's you know you know with 150 customers now. They're all talking to people that have the same problems as them. And literally every week we're getting referrals coming in. And it's it's so great to see because, you know, I'll be the first to tell you that the software is not perfect. You know, there, there is a few things that we're working on and, you know, go back to the continual improvement model. Um, you know, we, we have to do that. But by and a large, you know, we, we actually have a guarantee a talk to, which is, you know, if it doesn't save you time, we'll give you your money back. And, you know, we've I we haven't returned any software yet for people that were actually able to give it the time that they need it to kind of get started. You know, they've they've just they're off to the races off and running with it. That's great. It sounds amazing. It sounds like a really interesting um, concept. And I think that if if it takes off and it sounds like it is, I think um, it could change a lot of veterinarians' lives for the better, for sure. Yeah. And with a profession that's, you know, people just have so little time, it's really, you know, it, it's really kind of like a sight for sore eyes. You know, people are looking at it and they're like, oh my God, this could be the thing that could give me that hour back to spend with my family or to, you know, not be in the office all hours of the night. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think what we've done and the simplicity at which we've done it is really important because a lot of people don't want to learn a new piece of software. And the hardest thing for us was keeping our software so simple that, you know, I have the grandmother test so simple that my grandmother can use it, you know, and <laughs> that's really, really what we what we set out to do is to simplify speech recognition and to make it super easy to use and to make it helpful. Great. That sounds really amazing. I, I I hear your passion about it, and I I can't wait to uh, check it out. Now we're gonna because I haven't really seen sure. it yet, so I'm excited to to see it and see how it all works. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited so, to get your feedback on it. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, 
So what other technologies, we can come back and you can tell people where they can learn more about Talkatu. I imagine they can just look it up on online and get to your website. Talkatu.com and anybody that's interested can go over there and get a, a no risk free trial. Uh, you don't need Perfect. to put your credit card in and it's within two or three minutes, you'll be set up and dictating. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to do that as soon as we're done talking. That sounds great. I need this. (laughs) So what else um, can you teach me about um, technology in veterinary medicine? Are there other things that you're excited about? Yeah, I think there's there's so much, Julie, but there's been a couple of other companies that I found really interesting. So one of the ones, uh, episode 44, we talked to Scott about their wireless vital monitoring technology. So if you can imagine, Mm -hmm. maybe you're a you're a veterinarian at a zoo. Maybe it's the San Diego Zoo. And there's some large cats that you're going to maybe uh, perform a procedure on. But before you do that, you want to make sure that the the cat is not stressed and that his vitals are good. So you've got to sedate this cat and then go in the cage. And so that, that seems like a pretty scary proposition for some. I'm sure others are comfortable with it. Um, but in this modern day, we've got technology that you can strap on the outside of a cage and it will wireless, wirelessly monitor all of those vitals. Uh, and it's even hooked up to uh, an iPad or an iPhone. So down the road, you can go and uh, check those vitals from home or from while well, you're walking around the rest of the facility, all using your cell phone signal and the um, the technology that they built, which I think is just incredible. Yeah, that does sound pretty amazing, especially if you, let's say you're an ER doc and you've got multiple patients. If you had mul- ways to monitor them and not have to, you know, have them all hooked up to monitors, that would be probably super helpful, I would guess. Yeah. And especially depending on the, you know, the type of animal, you know, it, it, this can take a lot of risk out of it for the veterinarian. So yeah. So Scott, um, Ijaz from Guardian Vets episode 44, I thought that was really interesting, that technology and just to see some of the examples of where they've used it and, you know, thinking about, you know, de-risking the profession and all of the other things that come along with it. I think it's pretty amazing. Do they use it? Do you recall from the podcast? Do they use it on small animals as well? Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking about like fractious cats and, and, you know, I do exotics. So I see birds and birds have a tendency if they're at all healthy to rip things apart. So it's difficult to monitor them. Yeah, absolutely. And so you just think of, you know, this technology, you put it on the outside of the cage and, you know, maybe you performed a surgery that day and you want to be able to monitor it and you think everything's fine, but you don't want to leave the practice. You know, now you can monitor all those vitals from your iPhone um, as you go out to do something. It's just incredible. Yeah, that sounds very cool. That sounds like it would be super useful to a lot of us. Absolutely. There's just so much innovation. You know, another one of the ones that I thought was incredible, and I, I think what the the whole team is doing over at Antec, uh, they've got a bunch of AI technology that they're developing and one for urinalysis and cats and, you know, this idea of predictive medicine, you know, but they've got such a big data set from the entire um, large Mars corporate organization with Blue Pearl, Bamfield, and VCA, they've got all of this data, and now they're getting into being able to do a bit of predictive medicine from looking at the analysis of this uh, this sample. It's just incredible. And so the interesting thing about veterinary medicine is I really do think that it's primed to 
you know, eclipse human medicine from an artificial intelligence and predictive medicine perspective because of the lack because there's less ethical considerations and the privacy considerations are not the same in veterinary medicine, I think mm-hmm. that we're going to see, you know, advancements in medical care across humans and veterinary field come out of veterinary medicine, not for the first time, but I think that what you're going to see is you're going to see the tables turn where more innovation likely will come out of veterinary medicine than does out of human medicine, just because of the uniqueness of the way that we can solve problems and the lack of hurdles that exist in veterinary medicine when you parallel that to human medicine. Right, right. Oh, well, and that's kind of how it all starts, you know. Anyway, is it it usually starts with animals and moves to to humans, but we have a quite large sample size and variety and um it's just a it's a booming industry veterinary medicine and it just keeps growing more and more and more and so I think that's why all of this technology is just starting to really snowball and and um and progress you know it sounds like it's just like more and more and more ideas are getting tried in our profession that's exactly what it is and you know technology loves hard problems and the veterinary field is no stranger to complexity and hard problems so it's it's a match made in heaven you know technology and the veterinary profession and it's and i think that because of you know, because of the abundance of technology and because of the the interest in the veterinary community of trying things differently, it's amazing to me how many veterinarians I've met that have become technology founders. And I think it, you know, I was saying to Ivan, my co- Out of necessity in a way, huh? Because we, right. we want things developed and we have ideas, but we don't we don't have the technology, so we have to develop it ourselves. Is that where it's coming from? I think it's partially out of necessity. And then I think it's partially like the um, the commonalities between tech founders and emergency veterinary uh, doctors. You know, it's, it's very high pressure. It's very similar. You know, it's making decisions on the fly. It's, you know, continually looking for better ways of doing things. So there's these parallels between these two kind of you know, types of people, technology founders and innovators and veterinary emergency doctors. And the number of emergency doctors that I know that are now CEOs or presidents of technology startup companies is a, is a disproportionately high amount. So yeah. it, it's very, it's really interesting. Yeah. And so I, I think that veterinarians, um, oddly enough, make great entrepreneurs and, and I've so- met some incredible ones. So that brings me to a question that I was going to ask you because you are a serial entrepreneur and I am very interested in entrepreneurs. I've always admired them and loved them and and strive to be one. So what advice would you give if somebody's out there listening to this podcast and they have those aspirations to be an entrepreneur in the veterinary space or whatever space it is? What would the, your advice be? Because it's something that you've been able to successfully do in your life. Yeah, that, that's a that's a great question, and I think the um, the best advice I can give is do anything. Um, just get started. 
if, if it's something that you're really interested in, uh, just get started. Do the first start, few, huh? Yeah. Just start, <laughs> just do the research, you know, um, spend some time, dedicate the time. Um, just, just start. I think that's the hardest thing, you know, and even if it's like, you know, you're not giving up your full-time gig, but five hours a week that you invest into investing time into figuring out the problem, making the connections, just do the first thing. I think that often is the biggest challenge when starting out or starting a business is doing the first thing, whatever that first thing is, just starting uh, changes everything. And then, you know, the, the only other thing I would kind of put on top of that is kind of start with the end in mind. Know where you want to be. Don't be afraid to dream big and don't be afraid to start. And not being afraid to fail maybe too, huh? Absolutely. I mean, failure is inevitable. That's part of the deal, right? Yeah. Failure is inevitable. Uh, we could do a whole nother show, uh, Julie, on failure if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had a few, so yeah. I could I could contribute to that. I'm sure yeah, you have too. Bunch of cars all the things you've done. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting, but you know the failures are great. You know, and, and they don't feel like it at the time, but when you go through them and come out the other side, and you now have that knowledge of what didn't work, um, it makes the next time that much easier because you never have to think about that again. Right. As long as you learn from your mistakes and you take it as a teachable moment, and you don't let it stop you. I think yeah. that is, is the key. And you don't dwell on it. You know, it's, it's, it, that's another thing like the, the having the right mental attitude, uh, will get you a long way along the path of being an entrepreneur. The reason that most people stop, um, is that it gets hard. And when, when it gets hard is the, you're the closest you've ever been to success. So that, that's another message that I learned early on, which is when it seems impossible, you're pretty well ready to cross the finish line. You're close, huh? You're, close. you're close to the big idea. Yeah, the, the quote that I love is the brick, the brick walls that we find in our lives or in our road as an entrepreneur or even just as people in generally. Generally, the brick walls that we come up against in life are there to separate the people that succeed and don't succeed. And so you just got to figure out a way to go up it, over it, around it, or through it um, and keep going. Not let it stop you. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that, that oftentimes is, um, that's the difference. You know, it's just the people that are not willing to be stopped in their tracks and figure out a way around whatever problem it is that they're facing at the time. Yeah. And that's great advice because it's oh so true. Sure is, and, and I've found it out several times. Um, which, which, when you when you think you know it, and then you find it out again the second time, it's a little annoying. But um, I think sometimes life is. But you've just got to dust yourself off and, and keep going. Yeah, and in this environment, I think that's such a good lesson because everything seems so impossible right now and people are really struggling. And so if they can just keep that in mind that, you know, we may be close to what we want, then that's, that's a way to move through it. Absolutely. And it, and it's so incredible what, you know, framing your mind or keeping your mind locked on the goal or the prize and, and keeping that thought in the back of your head that yes, you can do it. It makes all the difference. Sure. Absolutely. It's all, it's all mental. It really is. It for sure is. Yeah. If you can get that, get that control of that brain of yours, it, it all makes a huge difference. And like you said, that brick wall seems really hard to get around or over, but 
if you can just get the mental attitude strong enough to do it, then, then, then you're going to be successful. And it's really so. interesting when you, when you tune your mind uh, with that positive outlook on life, um, you attract people that want to help you with the problem. Yes. And not being afraid to yeah. bring people on board that can yeah. help you. Absolutely. Yeah. And Has that been your experience with what you've done? And Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's really amazing. Uh, I've got such a fantastic team at Talkatu, and really the team is our product. You know, if, if it wasn't for the team, we wouldn't be able to build the software that we've built. It takes a village to start a software company. And, you know, our team at 13, they're brilliant people. And yes, I've led the vision uh, and I live with our core values in mind, but I, I can tell you, I have low days where where I think I'm not going to get through that brick wall, or I think I'm not going to be able to do the thing that I'm trying to do. And that's when your team members being, you know, on the team and part of the cheerleading squad, you know, their positive energy that feeds from mine is what sometimes gets me through a day, you know, or through a hard week. Um, when somebody else steps up and they're like, no, we can do this when you're kind of not ready to be that guy. Um, it's pretty amazing. So having intelligent team members that you can lean on that you see as peers, um, really is another trick in the toolbox towards building an enterprise of whatever type, whether it's a highly functioning hospital or a software company or you name it. Um, a volunteer organization, but having having like people that buy into the vision that you're trying to solve oftentimes is like that emergency um, parachute that you need just in time. And that support system. Yep. Around you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Important. Yeah, it's funny, you know, as a, as a tech entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur, you kind of need to create an echo chamber for your desires that you think you can turn into reality. And then if you can get the right people that allow you to echo that message further, that's how that's how difficult problems are solved with a bunch of smart people thinking they can do it. And and working towards the same in the same direction. Yep. Yeah. All, all, everybody's in the same boat and they're all, vision. Rowing, yeah. they're all rowing in the same direction. Right, right. Well, that's fascinating. I love talking to you about all these things. Is there is there something else that you had in mind to talk about, or are yeah, you? you know what? The, the the last one, which is which is not um, the last episode that I wrote down, which has nothing really to do with technology. Um, it has a lot to do with health and wellness. Is episode yes. twenty three? That's, that's my jam, right? Yeah, and you know what? If you don't have that health and wellness. Going at those hard problems is way harder at the start. And so, sure. yeah, it's like putting your oxygen mask on, right? Yeah, yours right. first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, yeah, so tell me about that. Yeah, so episode 23 is one of my favorite veterinarians that I've ever met. Dr. Tara is her name. She's from Prince Edward Island, Canada. And she uh, has a story very similar to a lot of veterinarians in the industry. New veterinarian, new mom, new wife, uh, burnt out, stressed out, and found health and wellness and started a CrossFit gym and has helped so many people in the veterinarian industry kind of get a hold of their mental muscle, which is our mind, 
and their body and become healthier. And the episode we did with her was just so impactful for me. Um, Tara is just an amazing person. And so anybody that, you know, needs a jumpstart to get healthy or to, you know, put themselves first uh, so that they can go off and be innovative or go off and be the veterinarian that they want to be. Episode 23 was just totally awesome for me. I I think Tara's awesome. That's great. Yeah. So you learned some lessons from a veterinarian. Not only did I learn some lessons, Julie, I lost 60 pounds after getting- No way. Really? That's amazing. Wow. To have her on our podcast after getting her help to kind of get a hold of my own health, um, super duper awesome. So I think she's just, that episode is totally worth listening to. Great. Well, we'll definitely do that for sure. That sounds amazing. Because that's all it's all about. You have to start with yourself first, right? Yeah. If you're not taking care of number one, nobody else is going to do it for you. Right. And that's why, that's why we're sometimes in the situation that we're in is we forget that it's not about taking care of everyone else. It's about taking care of you first. Yeah. So absolutely. definitely listen to that episode. Yeah, no, this is this is totally fun, Julie. Just kind of just kind of reefing on some of my favorite episodes and you know the the tie-ins between, you know, kind of mental health and one's own attitude and building anything that's a success is just it's just age-old wisdom, right? You know, you gotta sharpen the saw. You know, you can't just let it get dull. It's not gonna be Well, and you have to you have to remember that it's a process that you have to continually do. Because I think we think if we read one book or we listen to one podcast or we do one thing that then we're done. But it's it's just this constant day in, day out model of improvement, you know, pr- improving yourself in little ways every day. Yeah. Anything that and I think Anything that's worth doing, you've got to invest that that time, that maintenance time in, whether it's your own mind or your health or your body, like it's it's just it's work. It's all work and it all needs to be if you're me, it all needs to be scheduled. If you look at my calendar, it, it seems ridiculous. I've got meditate on my calendar in the morning. I've got <laughs> seven minute exercise routine that I Exactly. Do. I know. I do the same thing. Cause and if it, you don't, it won't get done. Yeah. And when I don't do it for a day or two and I see it on my calendar, I'm like mad at myself. So it's it's very sure. easy to kind of go back to being healthy when you have those gentle reminders for you because you know, we're all human and you know Nine times out of 10, we want to take the easier route. But if we remind ourselves of these little tools, it can really help us kind of get the most out of this thing we call our life. Right. Because it goes by very fast. And it seems to pick up pace all the time. You know, it seems like somebody's just figuring out a way to push their foot on the gas a little bit faster, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, this has been really fun. Is there anything else you want to share today? And we can always do this again. So I just, I'm fascinated by the technology because I don't consider myself much of a techie. Uh, my family is, my kids are, my husband is, but I have to kind of be pulled along kicking and screaming. So to talk to somebody like you that their passion is technology is is really interesting to me. So I really appreciate you uh, sharing all this. 
Yeah, no, I, and I don't think there is. I mean, there's there's 70 episodes and there's some of the most incredible stuff that you've ever seen. So I would just encourage your listeners, if, they, if they're interested in seeing what's out there, maybe they have a specific problem, just scroll through the list of episodes and and jump in and listen. You know, we're, we're two pretty jovial guys, so we're constantly joking and making fun of each other. Um, and, you know, one of us is an iPhone fan and the other one is an Android fan. And so we, we love to poke at each other's technology problems whenever they present themselves on the show. And so if you're if you're out there and you're looking for something light to listen to um, and also want to learn about some of the stuff that's happening in the industry, I would check it out. Because, like I said, we do it for fun, uh, not for any other reason. Um, but it's been great because we've just got to meet some great people. And I think your listeners would find a lot of our episodes pretty fascinating. Yeah. And that's the Veterinary Innovation Podcast, right? You got it. Find it wherever podcasts are found. Wherever you listen to your uh, podcasts. You got it. (laughs) All right. Great. All right. Well, I really appreciate talking to you today. It's been great meeting you and talking to you and hopefully we'll talk again. Absolutely. Hopefully we'll get to meet each other live someday, Julie. And listen, yes, really absolutely. I got, I got to try out your talk too. That's my, that's on my list now. I wrote it on my calendar, so I got to check it out. Well, let me know how it goes. And once again, thanks so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate your show and all the work that you do. And it's been great to have this conversation today. Yeah, it's been amazing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. Have a great day. 